Hello church, how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing on this morning? Everybody good? Everybody's good? Now, if you are good, I want to give praise for you being good. If you, are, if you woke up and you know what? There is a cloud over your head and you're thinking, Pastor, maybe not so good. You know what? That's why you're in church. That's why you're in church on this morning. And you know what? I, you are welcome whether you are on you're riding a wave you are welcome in church whether you are, you are you are walking through the valley every single one of you is welcome here in this church on this morning but my prayer is that on this morning the lord will touch you amen that the lord will meet you he will encounter you in whatever you are going through and through this morning's service as we gather in an online way today that lord we pray that you will grace us with your presence your goodness and you put a seed inside our heart something that is of fire something that will grow something that will overflow and something that will touch the lives of those around us and so lord with that we want to enter into your word we want to enter into attentiveness before you lord god so that your word will reign in our hearts. Your revelation becomes a revelation inside of our eyes and our minds. So Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope you're ready for the word uh, in this church. I, even right now, though we are here in a very in a, in a not quite empty hall, but some of us are already taking notes, you know. Um, so I hope that you take notes today uh, from home as well, because today the Lord wants to speak to us through our uh, little mini-series on Second Thessalonians um, about what it means to be a church that speeds ahead the gospel. Okay, I've got that on the screen here. It's speed ahead the gospel, right? Now, if you know, we've been in this series. This is a second last um, um, in this series on Second Thessalonians. I hope you've been enjoying uh, uh, the word uh, uh, coming out to you. I hope that you have been enjoying witnessing what's happening in this church in Thessalonica some 2,000 years ago. And today we can learn from this church, from this church that is so gutsy, this church that is so so uh, prepared, so selfless, so so pure, so beautiful, so radiant. Gosh, Sungai Buloh Church, I want us to be like the Thessalonian church. Amen. And so today we're going to see a prayer of Paul, um, their apostle. And I believe that today that same prayer uh, um, uh, can be on our lips. Amen. And then a charge, a call upon us to speed ahead the gospel. Amen. For that, we're going to read the text. I've got it on the screen. Okay. If you've got your Bibles at home, I'd love for you to have them open. If your Bible is a different translation from mine, I'm reading from the ESV. If you want to uh, uh, pull open your Bibles, please go ahead and do so. And with that, um, you can maybe even uh, be enriched by the, the range of translations uh, that we'll be looking at. Here we go. Finally, brothers. You can see finally means it's at the end of his letter. Okay, there's three chapters. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Amen. Well, I'm going to read that just one more time so that you can let this sink in. Now, you don't read. I read. You just listen. Just sit back. If you're at home or if you're in the hall right now in this recording, just sit back, close your eyes, and hear the word being read, okay? Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honoured as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. 
may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Father, may you add your blessing to the reading of this word, to the hearing of this word. May, may our hearts even just be filled with an adoration of you on this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Three things. Church, three things that the Thessalonian church is moving into in this, in this stage um, uh, that Paul is leading them into. The first one is to pray. Somebody say pray, right? To pray for the people who share God's word. The second one is to speed ahead. To speed ahead. Somebody say speed ahead, right? Speed ahead, right? Um, not on our Malaysian roads, okay? But to speed ahead uh, um, the gospel, right? In our own midst. And the third one is to be directed, to have a direction, to not flood around, but to have a direction and to be directed in the, in the to be oriented in the direction of what? God's steadfast love. Amen? Amen. And so let's look at the first one. Our call, the call over us, the call over the church in the past, as well as the call over us today is to first pray for those who share the word of God. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored, right? So I've colored this in one color, okay? And you can see that what is Paul asking uh, the church to pray for? Pray that the word of the Lord may speed ahead. Meaning that the word of the Lord may start spreading, that it may start moving, that it may move not just at a snail's pace, it may move at a rapid pace that he desires for the word um, to get out, not just to be contained, but to get out and to get out with some kind of propulsion. You know, church, in SIBKL, uh, we we always say that we are strong, excellent, and come on, come on, come on, church, come on, church. Strong, excellent, and dynamic, right? Strong, excellent, and dynamic, church, to influence the nations and impact generations. Strong, big is not strong, small is not strong, but strong is strong, right? Okay, uh, um, strong, excellent. Excellence glorifies God, right? Perfectionism on our part, does not glorify God, by the way. Perfectionism uh, uh, strangulates men and we're insufferable when we're perfectionists because only God is perfect, okay? But excellence, when we give our best, it doesn't matter what you have, give your best, that excellence glorifies God. The third one is dynamic. Strong, excellent, dynamic. Dynamic comes from the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis is the word that we derive the English word dynamite. Now, if you turn to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will see it says um, um, the, the, the angel of the Lord speaks to the disciples after they witness Jesus being ascended. He says, you will bring this gospel. You will go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the world. Now, if you don't know your if you don't know your uh, geography of the Levant, of the, of the Holy Land, you'll be like, okay, it's just three different places. So they're called to go to three different places. No, it is a sequence. Jerusalem is the innermost area. Then Jerusalem, Judea is the region. Samaria is the outer region. And then to the ends of the world. In other words, there is supposed to be a movement out and a movement going uh, um, away from, from where you started. You cannot stay in the same place. Now, 1 verse 8 in Acts is Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, right? 8 verse 1. Somebody turn to Acts 8 verse 1. I don't have it on the screen. I want you to do this homework. 8 verse 1 is in the midst of persecution after Stephen has been persecuted and killed, after the church is being persecuted. And then 8 verse 1 says that in the midst of persecution, the disciples had to flee. They had to run away from their homes. And you know where they ran from? They ran out of Jerusalem. You know where they ran from? Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so, my friends, if you're not going to get out because it's peacetime, God may very well get you to get out over some other reason, but somehow or rather, we got to speed ahead 
the gospel. You got to speed ahead, the moving and the explosion. That's why it's propulsive. It's explosive. That's why we are strong, excellent and dynamic church because we need to have explosive power. And I'm not asking you to jam it up. I'm not asking you to ham it up. You can't explode by yourself. Right and uh, and uh, some spark that, that that spark has to come from somewhere. The ignition point has to come from somewhere else. You can prepare your heart. You can prepare your 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 mind. You can prepare even your own uh, um, personality type. Whether you're very courageous, bold type, you know, you need to temper it down. Maybe you're the very shy type. You need to grow uh, uh, um, and learn to 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 introduce yourself, to talk to people, and to share God's word. That kind of thing. You can prepare yourself, but the propulsion. The ignition comes from God. Are you ready for that ignition from God? You heard even last week's sermon, uh, our brother Henrik was just sharing about the ten virgins, about the need to be ready at all times for what? To have feel for what? For fire. Feel for fire, my church. Come on. Do you have feel for fire? Are you able to ignite? Are you able to ignite if the Lord lands fire on you, would you burn? Or would you be like, like, like the shield of the Roman soldier that's soaked in water? Fire touch also mampos, right? Also cannot jalan. So cannot burn, right? Are you going to be, which are you going to be, right? Let that shield put out the fires from outside. But let yourself be filled with fuel so that when ignition comes, you will catch fire. Acts 8 verse 1 is a picture of the church speeding ahead. The gospel. In what context? In the context of persecution. Amen? I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on. Okay? Pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honoured as happened among you. Now, this little bit in black, as happened among you, that's to say that Paul is now saying pray for us. Paul, Silas, Timothy, pray for us that we may speed ahead the gospel. Okay? What as has already happened in Thessalonica, meaning that whatever uh, speeding ahead of the gospel that Paul is praying for, he's bringing it into new cities in the Mediterranean uh, uh, area. He's saying to the Thessalonians, it's already happened for you. You have already been a recipient of seeing and witnessing and being part of this gospel speeding ahead and reaching new people. Now pray the same for us, right? And then he says this, that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. Now, what's this association? I've colored it differently so you can see it differently. Is there a relationship between this and this? Or is it two things? Pray, number one. Point one, uh, that you speed ahead the gospel. Point two, totally separate point, um, that we will be delivered from wicked and evil men. Now we know the context. We know the context of this whole letter to the Thessalonian church is that from Acts 17, uh, they were chased out. Paul, Silas, Timothy have to write a letter because after a few weeks, you know, um, they were chased out of the city, right? And so, this is actually related to this. The speeding ahead of the gospel is being hampered by wicked and evil men. Maybe maybe got women as well, right? I didn't check whether this is a gendered or ungendered noun, right? But but yeah, right? So these two are related. And as we pray, now what we're going to do for the first point is we are actually going to pray. I'm going to lead all of us right now to go into a time of prayer because there's no point preaching about prayer. I'd much rather pray about prayer. Amen? Okay, so this is what we're going to do. Now, if you come for our dominant altars, this kind of slide is super typical for all of us. There'll be half a page where you see some scripture and then another half of the slide, you're going to see some prayer points, right? We do this every single week. Join us for our Dominate Altar coming Saturday, okay? Come physically. But this is how we're going to pray. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of Lord may speed, right? We're going to pray for those who advance the gospel, that number one, their work may spread rapidly, and number two, that they will not be hampered by the gospel's opponents. Amen? Just before we go into this, just before, I want you to think about one person you know who is active in sharing the gospel. Okay? I want you to think about one person. Now, I have several people in my mind. Um, I have a uh, prayer card uh, that I keep in my Bible uh, with a bunch of names on the back. In fact, Ali, if you could just uh, uh, flip through my Bible, there is a prayer card somewhere in there. Um, I think it's there, okay? Uh, but if, if it's not there, don't worry, right? Um, no, maybe not. Okay, no worries. Uh, 
it's um it's a prayer card and i've got some names some some prayer points on the front and i've got a bunch of names on the back now those names are very special to me i can't share with you their names okay it wouldn't be right but these are people who are doing evangelism work um in parts of of our country in parts of the world um where, where it's so important to get the gospel out to people who have never come to know jesus christ and i have them and just yesterday i just texted um uh, our our missions uh, uh administrator in our church and say hey uh, uh do you do, do you have an update on them what's happening with them you know uh, and i named them all you know and these are the people i want to pray for in the next one minute who will you pray for right Think of one person you know who is actually advancing the word of God. Maybe it's you yourself and pray for yourself, okay? If it's a colleague, someone you know, right? Uh, someone in your cell who's, who's always doing this, let's pray, okay? Let's pray. Church, you guys ready? You guys ready? You know you have that person in mind already, okay? Now, if you don't, if you really don't know anyone, you don't know who to think of, just pray for yourself that these things God will do for you the way he's doing for those who are already evangelizing in this world. Father, we thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your work in raising up people who have a passion for the sharing of God's word. Father, I pray this even for myself, that you just grow my own passion. You just grow my own conviction. And I pray right now, Lord God, for all the evangelists who are on my prayer card. I pray for the evangelists who are on your hearts, Lord God. Father, I just pray, Father God, that you just raise up people right now to be bold, to be courageous, and to be convicted, and that you cause, Lord God, the gospel and the word to go through the land. You cause it to go through our homes, so that our children, our parents, our grandparents, that so that our, our relatives will all come uh, to know the love of a God who, who so passionately loves them and who so self-sacrificially displayed and demonstrated that love for them. I pray that this, that this fire for the gospel will go through our workplaces and it will go through, Lord God, that we will be courageously praying in our workplaces and you just create opportunities for us to, to share the love of God with our colleagues in a winsome way, in a natural way, or, or if uh, in, in a way that meets them where they are, in a non-judgy way. Father, we pray uh, that our faith every day will be burning so, so bright. It will be a fire and we will be like, we will be such reflectors of Christ in every arena we go to. Father, we come against every work of Satan that seeks to put uh, evil and wicked people around us to slow down and hamper the advance of your kingdom and your gospel. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that you, that you move ahead of us and you clear the path for us that every single one of our efforts to bring the gospel out Lord God, for some of us, we know it's already so hard. It's even hard enough on our own. Manatau still got evil, wicked people who are making it even harder. But Lord, in Jesus' name, move ahead of us and clear the path for us and cause us to be able to lift out this great commission to go to the ends of the earth and make disciples. Lord Jesus, we pray. <laughs> How can they be disciples if they never confess? How can they ever confess if they if they are never if they never hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ? And so, Lord, we know that even uh, to be able to share uh, um, about your goodness is the beginning of the fulfillment of the great commission. And we pray that you equip us every day for this work. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, did you enjoy praying like that? Did you enjoy praying like that? All right. Now, if you do enjoy praying like that, then come every Saturday, okay? I'm not hard selling. I'm really, I'm really convicted that when we pray like that, the fire burns brighter. Amen. A, friend, a colleague of mine uh, once gave me a picture of a match, a single match. You light it, okay? You watch it burn, you put it down, and that match just burns out by itself. And if you know match, ma matches, unless you're very careful, many of your matchsticks, if you hold it by itself, it will probably burn out halfway through the length of the match anyway. It doesn't even burn the, the whole length. But if you put one lit match with another lit match and another lit match, and you put all these matchsticks together, then the whole thing burns in a different kind of momentum. It burns with a different kind of fuel. They share each other's 
fuel. The stick is the fuel, right? And guess what? That holy if you throw a whole matchbox together, the, the, the sum of its parts will be more. It will be greater. It will burn much brighter. That's why they ask them to pray for them. And likewise, so that all the matchsticks on fire can come together and burn and the fire will be bigger. Come pray together. Amen? All right. That's my first point. All right. That we got to pray. Pray. God calls upon us to have a daily discipline, a habit, a lifestyle of praying for those who are working for the gospel. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. Work it into our, into our weekly rhythm. Second one is this. Speed ahead the gospel in our own midst. So we're praying for others in their evangel evangelistic work. We pray for ourselves and we speed ahead the gospel in our own space anyway. Where do we see this? Verse 1. The word of the Lord may speed ahead as it happened among you. Now, some of you may be seeing this and you're thinking, Pastor, Pastor, I thought Tao Timuridi, Thessalonian church, Tao Timuridi, but Sungai Bulo Church heaven or okay, but anyways, Thessalonian church, not Tao Tim yet. It has started. Yes. Has the gospel started speeding ahead in Thessalonica? Yes. But verse 3, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and strengthen you and guard you against the evil one. Verse 4, we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do. So remember uh, a few weeks ago, I shared with you about salvation. You were saved. Justification. Okay, by the work of the cross, you are being saved. Sanctification, right? The work of the Spirit in you. And then you will be saved. In one sense, at the end of your life, you know, those who endure till the end will be saved. In another sense, a more total sense, your final glorification you know, in Christ, right? So you were saved, are saved, going to be saved. They, the gospel had sped ahead in Thessalonica already. Has it happened? Yes. And still, we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing. So right now, church, I know you are doing it. I know, Sungai Bulo Church, in your cell groups, you are seeing new people visit cell. You are doing it. You are, for many of you, you are, you are in the midst of reaching out to one, to, to a colleague, to an old friend. You are encouraging someone who has stopped going to church. You are encouraging them to come back to church. You are doing it and we are confident that you will continue to do it in the future on you're still going to be doing this and so my friends this is a call for all of us to share the gospel to share the word now it's not even just gospel the word of the lord meaning that it's not just a word that needs to go to un or pre-believers it's a word that needs to go to everyone the word the ministry of the word needs to go out to everyone, the Christian who is dry, the Christian who has left, the Christian who is lost, the non-Christian, and everyone, right? The word of the Lord needs to speed ahead everywhere to everyone. Now, remember, the context is in the midst of suffering and pain. Remember, our first week, we talked about how the church grows strong and they endure pain. And in the midst of enduring pain, their prayer was that God will grow their love until it overflows to other people, right? It has to come from an overflow. And through the overflow of your love for other people, then they become worthy of God's calling. And God's calling is for you to live a life of a high purpose and distinction. And then there is a, there, there is a call to stand firm. Hold on, hold on to your faith. Don't fall. Don't tumble. And now, in the midst of all that, speed ahead the gospel. Out of your overflow of your love and the context of suffering and pain and persecution, being chased out, chased around, speed ahead the gospel. Along the way, there are two warnings. The first warning is that lawless people will surround you. Don't be put off. The second warning is that idle people and busybodies and scandal mongers will surround you. Don't be put off. Keep your eyes on what God is doing in your midst. Amen? Amen, church? Amen, church? You know, I just love the way the Bible repeatedly shows us pictures of people sharing the word. Just going out there, delivering the word. But I want to help us nuance this a little bit because... Maybe evangelism is something that has all kinds of reactions in our midst. Some of us 
are like, we are, we are down. We have made peace with evangelism. We love it. We love sharing the gospel. And I know some of us, we're just so full of the, uh, of the word of God, of love for God. It just comes out. It shows. It sh I can tell you, it really shows, right? But some of us, we are frightened by it. Uh, um, because because we, 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 don't, we, we feel that it's, we're out of our depth. For some of us, we relate to it through guilt, right? We relate to it through guilt because I know I should be doing it. I'm not doing it as much. Every time I hear the E word, I get like, you know, I feel guilty and I feel like, like self-conscious and all that. For some of us, we flat out dislike it. Why? Because once upon a time, you were roughshod, treated uh, uh, um, uh, as if you, you were spoken to by some Christian in a way that made you feel uh, offended, someone shoved the gospel down you, someone judged you, someone called you out uh, in an unloving way, and maybe a Christian evangelist sounds like a very bad idea to you. Now, I want you to know that it is not a bad idea to God, but it's not, but, but it's not a bad idea to God when people do it God's way, right? And to do it God's way is to do it in a way where you are doing it um, out of obedience and deep reverence and love for God, to do it out of a deep uh, um, love for each other. You know the great commandment, love God, love each other, right? Love yourself, lo lo love your neighbor as you love yourself and love God. Now, if you can keep coming back to this and that be your primary lens when you go out and you share the word to other people, you won't treat other people unlovingly. I'm really, I'm really so convicted about, about this. If you, if you really love other people, by the way, this whole, um, I love you, therefore I'm going to be hard and harsh with you because it's hard and harsh love, you know? You know what? I, you just, just read your Bible. Lah. Just read your Bible. See, the times when Jesus was hard and harsh was with who? Was with who, right? I dare, I, I dare you to go read your Bible. Most of the times you see it's with the political and, and, and uh, uh, church Organize it, not church, right? For them, it was like the hierarchy in the Jewish uh, um, uh, religious system, right? And those people who should know better, but don't act better. Now, Jesus was hard and harsh with a lot of them, right? And he was correcting them. But most of the people outside, gosh, go read your Bible. How many, of, how, how many times did Jesus go out into this world and make a stand with the non-believers? God or not, you find me. Find me one. And I'll trade, I'll find you one verse where he was gentle and loving, you know, with them. And we'll go back and forth until one of us runs out and the other one keeps going, right? Now, of course, it's a playful challenge, right? I don't actually mean that. Now, the what, why am I saying this? It's because maybe in this world, maybe sometimes in our, in our bid to show Jesus to the world, we maybe overdo this whole, I'm going to bring uh, 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 Jesus to the whole world and I'm going to make a stand for Jesus, you know? And, and I don't care if I'm being belligerent about it, you know? No, no, okay, never mind. Yeah, put a pause on that. I'm just going to go on uh, with this. Now, I love the pictures of, the, of evangelism in the Bible. And, I, and I'm going to shock you a little bit, okay? I'm going to shock you a little bit. I'm going to remind you of the, of the prophet Jonah. Now remember, prophet Jonah is, a, is someone that mo, many of you, including me at one point, would be able to connect with because you're the reluctant evangelist, right? You're the one who says that, oh yeah, don't want lah, for different reasons lah, okay? Here's he, he had issues with the, with, the, with the Ninevites, okay? Okay, for us, maybe we're just a little shy, okay? Now, the prophet Jonah was told by God, go. Right? And this is what you do. You go through the city, enter one gate, go across the city to the opposite gate, and along the way, just proclaim repentance, good news, so to speak, right? Uh, uh, um, re repentance, God is coming, God is holy, pray, you know, turn back to God, turn back to God, you know, turn to Yahweh, and do that from one end of the city out the other end, and see what happens. And so after a long story, after three chapters, Jonah eventually goes, you know, and he does that, right? He just goes through the city, declares God's word over the people. He goes in from one side, out from the other, and beres, beres, dude. Like really, like did God ask him, no, I want you to make sure 85% of the people, you know, um, uh, uh, come to the Lord. I'm telling you that 16% are low-hanging fruit. I want to make sure that out of the 16%, we close the deal for 15% minimum, you know. Like God is not treating Jonah like a sales agent. And sometimes we treat evangelism like a sales agent. And then we rank all our friends into like low-hanging fruit, mid-hanging fruit. And then like, this is a super susa one. This one give to pastor, you know. Like we do this kind of thing because we, we, treat, we dehumanize 
our friends. Right? Don't, please don't dehumanize our friends. Don't. It's terrible. It's terrible. We should be doing the opposite. We should be seeing the people as people with, with genuine heart, genuine love, genuine pain, genuine aversion to some things, genuine walls to some things. And our role is to love them. And you know what? No. Sometimes all those people, your job is not to send them necessarily to the pastor because God put you into their lives first, not the pastor into their... If God put the pastor into their life, good. And maybe at some point, you can bring us into the picture. But if God put you into their life, guess what? You are the one with the buy-in. You are the one with the trust. You are the one with the actual relationship. You are the one who put an arm around them when they had a breakup, when they lost their job. You were the one who were with them. You gave them a drive when they had no car. You were the one who were with them. Don't bring us in first as if you need an expert. You know what they need? They need an expert in loving them, in caring for them, in, in, in not judging them. And most of the time, it's you. It's you. And so let's not dehumanize our friends and our families and rank them in some weird way. Jonah was told, just walk through the city, share the word. Whoever comes, comes. Whoever don't come, don't come. But I don't need you to start to turn this into an industry and I don't need you to turn this into a science and I don't need you to start calculating how many percent you're saying. You just walk through it. And when you walk out that door on the opposite end of the city, your job is done. Thank you. Good and faithful servant. And maybe we feel a lot of pressure with evangelism because we think we need to close the deal because we treat ourselves like sales agents. You, you are not. Your job is to share with love, with genuine love and sincerity and your job is done. Your job is done. And maybe if they are close enough to you, they ask you questions, you can answer. You can answer as much as you know. As Peter says, always be ready to have an answer for the job that you have, right? And, and elsewhere, Paul says, right, um, be ready in season and out of season. So, so in other words, anytime I go to you, I want to see figs. I don't just want to see green leaves, right? That's what Jesus said, right? And so, church, don't turn it into a science and a calculation and an industry. It's not. It's loving people one at a time. Now, it's not just Jonah. Maybe you say, oh, Old Testament, uh, Pastor. Not, no, give me something New Testament. I'll tell you. If you go to, your, to, to the Gospel of John, you look at God's Gospel of John chapter 7. Jesus, after feeding the 5,000, he feeds the 5,000, he's got a huge crowd, okay? Like, like this is the time to close the deal. Like what? If you got this and it's like Malam Pentecostal maximum, you've just like, you know, done maximum things. Like now, now, all the call now, Jesus, come on, right? You know what he does? He says, if you don't eat my flesh, if you don't drink my blood, you have no part of me. And then all his, all his fan base, the hopeful fellows are like, oh my gosh, he went with this follow-up. Oh, you stupid lah. Now was the time to close the deal. Oh, you, you go with the most offensive thing, cannibalism reference, a macham. And then he says, hey, no, I'm serious. You ate, you ate the bread, you ate the fish, now you're chasing after more physical uh, 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 sources of, of sustenance. I'm going to tell you, that won't feed you. And then he says, don't have part of me as if my flesh, my blood, no part. Immediately they left. So many left. So Akal, why wouldn't you close the deal there? He didn't. He told them the truth. And he didn't do it belligerently. He didn't do it in like, oh, I'm here to make a stand. You know, he just told them plain as this. This is how it is. And then some remained. Many left. Did he go and chase the many and say, no, la, no, la, please, la, please, la, no, I wonder. He didn't. He just told it and moved on. And that's our job. Tell it and move on. He's saying, no, la, pastor, big group. Big group, not the same, not the same. You show me, show me one one-on-one uh, -on -one example, right? Pastor, show me a one-on-one -on -one example. There is a one-on-one -on -one example. Remember the, the parable of the, of the rich young man, right? The rich young ruler, right? Who's preaching that one, by the way? Do you all remember? 
Yeah. Uh, later this year, Andros is going to be preaching. You heard Henrik preach uh, 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 to, uh, last week. Andros will be preaching this later this year, right? The parable of the rich young man. Now, this is exactly the same case, right? The guy comes to you, okay? He's, they have a conversation and, and he asks, so actually, what do I need to follow you? Jesus says, if you want to follow me, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. He was sad. I'm sure Jesus was sad too. The young man was sad. I was like, wow, because he had great riches. He said, I cannot. He walked away. And then uh, the verse after that says, Jesus, turning to the young man, chased after the young man and said, no la, no la, come back la, come back la, let me lower the standard for you. Actually, no, that's not, that, that, that's not, that's not in the Bible, okay? Okay, what happens after that was Jesus turned to the disciples and he said, how difficult it is. When you've got much and you can't let go of much in order to gain even more which is God and Christ and the kingdom, right? And so, over and over again, you see in the biblical picture, it's not one of desperate, clingy, kind of like strong-arming evangelism where you are so-called outcomes-driven, right? Or, or, or productivity-driven right? and, and numbers-driven. It's not. It's never been like that. And so, my friends, if you're constantly worried whether if you share the gospel, the person will come to Christ, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The moment you touch that, it's like touching the ark. It's like something holy you don't touch, right? That's God's job, to convict them of, 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 of their place and their need for Him. That's God's job. Our job, our role, I don't want to call it a job. I called it a job earlier. Our role is to just share the word, speak the truth, live in light. That's all. Amen? Amen? And God willing, with this, the gospel can really speed in our lives, speed ahead of us, right? Now, a few things. Is it urgent? Yes, it is. It is urgent. Question is, are you taking steps to witness? Now, I don't expect you to go from 1 to 10. If you're one of my leaders, you have heard me say this in terms of how we run the service, how you're developing in your cells, whether you're going from, from uh, 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 online only to hybrid or going from hybrid to physical, I don't. And there's me, my leadership principle, my, my, my pastoral principle. I don't need you to go from 1 to 10 because I'm not, I, I'm not intuitively an outcomes or, 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 a, or a not that way. I'm not outcomes oriented in that sense. What I am interested in is in trajectory. So if you're in this church, I want you to notice your pastor's heart for you is trajectory. If you're on 1, and the end point is 10, just get to 2. And that's good enough. For now. Because God meets you where you are. This conviction is not man-made. God meets you where you are. He takes you from one step to another step to another step. My friends, if you're struggling with some kind of secret sin, okay, some kind of addiction, something like that, and you're telling me, Pastor, I, I currently indulge in ABC every single day. Okay, and, and you tell me, I've spoken to people before who told me I need a clean cut. Now, if clean cut has not worked for you, then you know what? Just drop one day and go from 1 to 2 or even go from 1 to 1.1. If that's all you can do, go from 1 to 1.1. And maybe the Holy Spirit will from there give you strength to go from 1.1 to 1.5 and from 1.5 to 2 and eventually you'll get there. I'm interested in trajectories. Church, are you on the trajectory in growing yourself to be able to share the word of God to people. Now, maybe you're not. And I want to help you with this. One easy way to get on that trajectory to be someone who shares the word of God is clear your calendar for people who are not Christians. Can we do that? Just that. Guys, it's really... It, no. Now, maybe you say, Pastor, you are the one who called me in for the meeting and uh, you're the one who called me in for those kind of things. And maybe that's true. Now, honestly, I've own family. We've been like really busy uh, uh, um, spending time with the leaders, spending time de uh, uh, um, uh, de designing and crafting whatever is happening right now in the leaders' retreat that, uh, that, that's happening and that's why you're not in the physical church today, right? We've been working on that. And as a result of that, I find that I've neglected some of my non-Christian friends a little bit, right, um, in the last few months. Now, clear your calendar, make time for your friends who are not Christians. If that's all you start doing, 
do it. You don't even have to make time in order to try to like, like sabo jump them and like, oh, by the way, Jesus. You know, it's like, no, you don't have to do that. Just meet them, have a meal, have a genuine uh, really catch up with them. Do it more regularly, you know. Um, and if, if and when the time is right, when you hear their needs, offer to pray for them, right? Say, hey, hey, can pray out for you, you know. Um, and, and, and that might be an easier entry point, you know. And then just do this frequently enough, you know. And, and who knows what God can use when you go from one to two and two to three. But always if your target is 10, I can never do it, let pastors do that, you know. You'll never move out of one. Take the first step. Are you taking steps to learn to witness? Amen? Amen? And what's the first step? I give you only first step. What's the first step is to clear your calendar for your non-Christian friends, okay? Step two, or number two. Is it urgent? Yes. Are you urgently witnessing the love of Jesus or are you just trying to Christianize the people around you? It's not the same thing, our church. It's not the same thing. Are you genuinely reflecting and, uh, and sharing the love of Jesus to the people around you or do you just want to Christianize them? Oh, checkbox. Christian ready. Christian ready. Christian. Yeah, we're winning. <laughs> or are you really interested in reflecting the love of God to them? You know, my friends, I bookmarked something I was saying just now. I'm going to pick up that bookmark. I won't do a lot of it, okay? We live in a world where Christians feel that it's very important to, to show that Jesus is real, to show that Jesus is alive, to show that Christian values are great, and to show that all of you guys need to live by Christian values because Christian values are the best. And you can know that in your heart, in a tangible way where you're so thankful because Jesus has saved you and you're living a life that is rich in love, in mercy, and in the tender grace of God. Or you can take that and be puffed up in pride, be puffed up in, in a sense of, of, of arrogance, and then go to the world and say, hey, you're a Christian, hey, you should, you know, you know, you know better, you're a lousy one, you know. Or you can do any, any version of that. And all you want to do is, you should become more like us, you know. Yeah, uh, this, and then we start fighting in terms of the values we hold. And we start, in the name of making a stand, in the name of making a stand, our witness becomes one, or we, we witness to them arrogance, we witness to them judgmentalism, we witness to them all kinds of other things. Is that an opportunity to witness to our non-Christian friends who hold very different values from us? Is that an, a, a way to witness? Of course, there's a way to witness. Who we'll learn from Jesus how he witnessed to them. Now, the John 4, the, late, the Samaritan woman at the well, how different are her values from Jesus's or from his disciples who went to buy lunch? How different are her sexual ethics from the Jews? Maybe not so different. Maybe very different. Certainly very different from Jesus's. How did Jesus treat her? Did he go there and like, oh, all you Samaritans, I think I need to make a stand for, for Yahweh. Did he? He met her where she was. He spoke to her life into parts of her heart that were dead. And he brought life back into parts of her heart that were dead. And she was so alive. At the end of that conversation, she went out and she started overflowing to everybody else in her town. That's what it means to love people into the kingdom. I'm your pastor in this church. You don't need to go out there making a stand over any kind of Christian value, any over, over any other kind of supposed Christian stand. No need. No need. Start, go to the ground and love somebody well. That's all I need from you. Church, I'm serious. Go to the ground, love someone well. I don't need Christian activists in Sunai Bulo Church. The world doesn't need Christian activists in Sunai Bulo Church. The world needs lovers of Christ who are going to overflow to become lovers of people in Sunai Bulo Church. And that's what we are becoming. Amen? Are you witnessing out of an overflow? You know, if you're dry, huh, there's nothing to give. You heard Henrik last week, huh? If you're dry, you've got nothing to give. There's no fire to burn. There's no fuel. There's nothing. Okay? You can jam it up. You can ham it up. You can pretend. You can fake it till you make it. But you know what? That's why, uh, 
I'm very conflicted with evangelism classes. It seems so weird to do an evangelism class, you know. Uh, 101 evangelism is very weird. I know there's a place for it. I find it a little bit weird because why? You can only evangelize once there is an overflow from you. When it's so full. So, you know, I want to honor uh, Uncle David, Auntie Jenny. That's like, if you ask me who is overflowing until they're evangelizing, it's those two, right? Like, like Uncle David, Auntie Jenny, you're watching this, okay? I love watching you overflow, okay? And, and I'm just naming two. There are many more in Sungai Buloh Church, okay, whom I know overflow in their love for God until it just spills out. It just literally just melimpah, 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 right? I love seeing that. Like, I don't think a class can teach you that. Right? I don't think a class can teach you that. So, are you witnessing out of an overflow? And if you are not overflowing, I'd rather you don't worry about evangelism. I'd rather you, you worry about the waters inside your heart. And worry about that first. And go back to, to, to the Lord. Sit at His feet. Drink deep from Him. Allow Him to fill you until He overflows out of you. And evangelism will be a natural outpouring of your infilling with the Lord. Amen? And that leads me to my final point. Now, church, you can turn, you can look for this or that, you can find ways to go about doing all these things. The final call is, I pray that you will be directed. Your hearts will be directed. What? You may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. I love this because there is the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. In this, you see a Greek approximation of the Hebrew word chesed. The love and the steadfast love of God. And I want you to know this. I want, to, I want you to re remember this because this is something that we all walk in every day. May the Lord direct your hearts. Your heart is directed against uh, towards all kinds of things. This world will draw your attention. But the Lord is saying, come, come. And that's why uh, uh, on this weekend, we've brought away all the leaders so that they can all come before the, before the cross, before the throne of God and drink deep. My friends, our hearts are prone to all kinds of idolatries. And I don't mean idolatry in a patong-patong kind of sense. Into all kinds of other kings, other loves and all that. And you remember, on the first week of our Thessalonian series, I shared with you from Acts 17 that, that Paul, Silas, Silvanus, they were chased out of town. And why? They were chased out of town because the people were raging. They were saying what? They were saying that um, these guys, they're all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that what? There is another king. And they were scandalized with the idea that there was another king and that people could live under the, under the allegiance to a different kind of master other than Caesar. You and I, 2022, we live under a different king. We live under an allegiance to a different Lord and Master. We bend our knee not to the lords of this world. We bend our knee to King Jesus. And so, my friends, as we close, can I have the worship team on stage? As we close, I want us to remember. Remember so clearly what the Lord has spoken to us already. I want you to remember the joy of your own salvation. My friends, Remember the joy of your salvation, the day you were saved, the day you drank deep, the day you wept for joy, your day of your baptism maybe, or maybe the day where you, were, where, where you encountered Him in a breakthrough situation. If you have been dry, if you have been lost, if the dark night of the soul has become a very long night, the Lord is saying to you, remember again, when we supped together, remember again when I came through for you. Remember how much I love you. And I hope the waters will flow so that you start feeling how much I love you. Some of you, you find it hard to feel the love of God. You know it. You may not feel it. The Lord is saying, remember again the joy of your salvation. Sit there with me. Evangelism will come later. The gospel will speed ahead. First, I need you to well up. How? When you belong to another king, King Jesus. So that every other king in this world has to be dethroned, dethroned, dethroned.
dethroned. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hands right now. If you need to dethrone some king of this world, I want you to lift up your hands right now. Dethrone in the name of Jesus. Every other false god, dethrone in the name of Jesus. We are the people of one king, King Jesus. King Jesus, fill our hearts. Fill our hearts with love. Fill our hearts with faith. And return to us the joy of the day we were saved so that we may be welled up again and God willing to overflow. Church, if you want prayer right now, I just want you to lift up your hands. There won't be prayer rooms open on this day, but I want to pray with you even right now. Lift up your hands. If there's some of you, you're looking for courage, you're looking for a change in, the, in, in, your, in your heart for evangelism. I just want to pray one thing for you right now. Lord Jesus, I pray for every one of our church members, everyone who is in attendance right now, listening to this right now, in Jesus' name, I just pray that you help take us from 1 to 1.1. Just help us go from where we are right now to even just being able to clear out our calendar to make time, to make time for our friends who need to know you. And just teach us, Lord God, what to do with that time, how to love them in that time, whether, uh, uh, whether we speak to them about you or not, give us the wisdom. Whether we, whether we put, them, put a decision before them or not for you, give us that wisdom. Whether we just, uh, um, uh, just be friends and just meet their day-to-day -day needs, give us that wisdom. Chances are yes. Chances are yes. Just meet them where they are as well. As the Lord meets you, where you are in your evangelism journey, Lord, I pray you will teach us all to meet our friends where they are in their own journey as well. And so, Father, I pray, Lord God. Father, I want to pray another prayer. I want to pray for those who are active in sharing the word to the people around them, whether it is, it is as an, in a daily evangelism here in town, whether there are people far away doing missional work somewhere, out there. We want to pray for every single one. Lord, strengthen them. Help them to overcome every obstacle that is placed before them by wicked, evil people working on behalf of darkness. In Jesus' name, lift them up. Help them to soar and rise above every obstacle and help them to stand firm. Stand firm, not to tumbang, but to keep on advancing for the gospel, for the good news. Father, teach us my final prayer, teach us to savor the best news ever, that Jesus Christ has come, that the long wait for a Savior is done, and Jesus has died on the cross, bearing the guilt of all our sins, bearing the shame of all our wrongdoing. He has expunged it on the cross. And not just that, on the cross, they put a crown on His head, a crown of mockery, a crown of thorns. But on the cross, that altar on which the most precious sacrifice was offered, it also became the throne of the enthroned King, King Jesus, who ascends His throne out of self-sacrifice and suffering, not out of gloating, not out of, of, of self-seeking, and was resurrected after three days. And so today, the good news is that we have that resurrection power of the King to move out and renew the world we live in, to bring others to repentance, to bring others into joy, to bring others into the journey of renewing the world where they live. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you on this path, on this walk. May the Lord turn His face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, May the Lord turn His countenance to face us and give us peace. And all of God's people, shout aloud. Amen.